Valley of Famine contains mature content and adult language. Check the show notes for specific content warnings. Hello, listeners. Did you know that the Rogue Valley Role Players podcast is an affiliate of BattleBards? BattleBards is an online repository of music, sound effects, and all sorts of other audio goodies that you can use in your own games and shows. Check out their website at BattleBards.com, and don't forget to use our promo code RVRPODCAST when you sign up for a Prime membership. Hello and welcome, listeners, to the Rogue Valley Role Players Podcast. My name is Ben. I'm here with Nick, Austin, Ed, and Rosemary, and we are getting ready to play another session of Valley of Famine. Once again, my name is Ben. I am the Marshal. I'm running this shindig, herding the cats, doing the things. I'm Nick. I play Haru Matsuhara, the samurai, who is also a Bahir, and... Rachel's paramour. There's an undead joke somewhere in there. <laughs> Necromore. <laughs> that sounds uh, dirty. It does. Um, this is Austin playing Herod Graves, formerly Wynon Beardslay, formerly uh, Herod Graves. <laughs> <laughs> so deep in undercover, he doesn't even remember. <laughs> when you go back to your original disguise which is your life alright I'm Ed and I'm playing Dr. Daisy Graves Um, she is an alleged stagecoach robber an ambassador to the lost continent of Lemuria, a Bahir of the Ottoman Empire, captain of the Thalos Zephyr first lady of Jacksonville, Oregon Uh, what else are we here? (laughs) a former Deputy of Jackson County, Master of Weird Science, and President of the Southern Oregon Society of Sciences. I didn't hear insane. You should add that one. That is not true. (laughs) Okay. Those are impressive titles. I'm a little intimidated now. Uh, I'm Rosemary, and I play Deputy Rachel Jane Kennedy. She's a hexlinger and also a Bahir. All right, when last we left off, uh, Father David Smith had been brutally murdered in the church. Uh, you followed a blood trail uh, that led back to uh, the shack of Edgar Pittman, the undertaker and gravedigger in Jacksonville. Uh, when you were able to rouse him from his sleep, he answered the door covered in blood. Um, but appeared to be confused by the presence of said blood and quite horrified, in point of fact. You arrested him, and then a farmer, Will Hodson, a local farmer, uh, came in to complain that uh, some naked man all painted up in red was running around on his property. Uh, You went with him to investigate, followed another blood trail into the forest, found a camp that had been destroyed and disheveled, uh, and then you encountered another guy by the name of Eric Rhodes, I believe, um, who had been traveling with a friend of his and had been attacked by said naked man all painted red. 
which turned out to be a horrible, skinless monstrosity. And uh, after you tracked that down, dispatched it with considerable ease, in point of fact, actually. Uh, you returned to Jacksonville and had some further words with... Edgar Pittman, that's his name. And, uh, yep, that's where we're going to pick up. It's late afternoon in Jacksonville. You're all at the sheriff's office. What's, uh, what's your next plan of action? To investigate, uh, the Reverend of the Los Angeles Church. Reverend Price. And what was the reason for that? Uh, we found a symbol of the Los Angeles Church on the murderer. And also found memorabilia uh, in the murdered priest indicating more connections to Los Angeles. Okay. What was the item that we found? Do we remember what that was? Uh, We found uh, not Templar, but um, sort of the Los Angeles um, holy religious order that has like a sword and a, a tabard. That was what we found on Father David, right? The murdered priest yeah yeah what did we find on the it was a crucifix actually it was like a a gold crucifix on a chain that was on the monster's neck oh okay yeah i think we should go talk to father price reverend price reverend price that's what i was gonna say maybe he knows who this crucifix belongs to yeah um, one other thing before you you're getting ready to march out but everyone go ahead and give me an occult roll What's that? Herod gets a four. Not a clue. Five. Nope. All right. Um, So, Daisy and Herod, you kind of recognize the creature you thought retroactively uh, as something called a bloody one. Um, is a, a form of undead, usually associated with uh, cult practices. And since none of you got a raise, that's all you get. That being that we fought out in the woods earlier, I believe that I've heard of them before. We call them uh, blooded ones. They are actually not fully alive. That sounds horrifying. You can see it's a real original name. Well, let's hope that there's no more of them out there. That wouldn't be our luck. All right. And with that, you uh, you make it in, you head out, uh, you ride the road down to Medford. Like I said, it's it's uh, late afternoon, um, but Medford there's still plenty of activity in Medford, especially centered around the train station and such. Uh, and you kind of see Reverend Price's tent church is set up in uh, like a large field intended for purposes of like fairs and carnivals and stuff like that. So he's kind of taking up that space now. Uh, you said the tent is like a permanent fixture? Yeah. Uh, does it look like there's people over there? Uh, yeah, there's actually quite a bit of bustle going on uh, at Reverend Price's tent. I believe you should check the tent first. Seems the most obvious place to find the reverend. Makes most sense. It will be curious to see if there are any miracles going on. The 
priests of Los Angeles tend to exaggerate. Let's go see if a good reverend can help us out. Yeah, you walk up to the tent. You see uh, one of the the guardian angels standing by the the entrance, just kind of stoic with uh, his shotgun in hand, um, keeping an eye on everyone, but not really stopping anyone from going in or out. There's a bunch of people just going, you know, bringing stuff in and and walking out and, and... uh, something you would take for a fairly normal kind of bustle for a place like this. Does it look like they're like about to start a sermon? Um, you, yeah, I think that would be a fair assumption to make. Because then we're probably not going to be able to talk to the reverend for a while, unless we want to interrupt his preaching. That would be a bad idea. I don't think they're going to take too kindly to folks like us anyway. Well, you don't hear any preaching inside, and like I said, there's people coming and going out, so it's he's probably not actively there, there. There isn't something actively going on right now. Herod will uh, approach the man standing outside with the shotgun, with his hands kind of up in a you know no harm meant kind of gesture. Okay. You're awfully well armed for a place of worship. Uh, did something happen? It's just the way of the Los Angeles, sir. I was a guardian angel back before the flood, and I don't know how to do nothing else. Reverend Price took me in. Hmm. So I provide security such as is needed. Ain't much need around here, but trade's trade. I see. Um, In this moment, uh, Herod would like to kind of run his eyes across the shotgun. Is it like, is the safety off? Does it look like it's ready to fire right here and now? Yeah, uh... I don't think shotguns in this day and age have safeties, so... Yeah, pretty much you can easily expect that any firearm you see is just ready to go. Okay. Maybe if it were a Gatling weapon or something, someone a little more high-tech. But it's it's just a double-barrel shotgun, so you just have your little tube selector. Or, well, it probably just has two, uh... Uh, what thingy thingies? Uh, triggers. <laughs> thingy thingies. Blasty blast. <laughs> <laughs> the the blast switch. The blasty wasty. The boom switch. <laughs> the whammy kablam. Bang <laughs> <laughs> button. Yeah. Um, looking back in the man's eyes, Herod says, "I don't suppose we could uh, meet with the Reverend. Would like to ask him some questions." I don't see why why you couldn't. He is. Uh, Busy preparing. We've got a, a private pair. Let me try that again, sir. Uh, Speaking in tongues, This I is why, why I am you know, the, the guard and not the preacher, is I ain't as eloquent with my tongue as he is. Uh, we're uh, having a private prayer meeting tonight. Uh, welcome some uh, new folks into our flock. Oh, new folks from out of town? Uh, them as local as... Uh, Heard the word and decided to embrace uh, our our faith. Ah, I see. Uh, well, uh, don't want to keep the reverend too long, but uh, as I said, we would like to speak with him. Uh, if if you could perhaps uh, let him know. Well, you're free to walk inside and see if he's available yourself. Wonderful. Yeah, I'll tip my hat at him as we walk into the tent. Okay, he kind of gives a. Uh, a small nod. You get the sense he's mostly there if someone starts causing trouble. He's not really preventative, per se. Uh, do we see the reverend? You go inside. There's a lot of activity. It is a big tent. You know, it's practically the uh, 
size of a circus big top. Um, there's people uh, lining up pews in here. There's uh, you can kind of smell some incense. There's people grind, grinding and making, prepping incense. There's cooking going on, um, and at the the front there's this uh, uh, pulpit and, and like a a miniature traveling altar. It probably used to be like a a, a Smith's anvil that they converted uh, to the purpose of just like a holy altar or something like that, something along those lines. And uh, kind of sitting next to the, the pulpit, you see uh, Reverend Price. He's got his uh, his Bible out, and he's thumbing through it, and he's got like a, um, like a pad of paper or something that he's scribbling some notes onto. Um, you also see the other garden angels standing at uh, various points within the uh, the tent, just kind of keeping an eye out, and you see Abner Braid. It's not very far from Reverend Price, for for those of you who may need reminding Abner Braid's the leader of this contingent of the Guardian Angels. Kind of a, a tall, severe-looking man, doesn't have much to say. Have we met him before? You have met him before. Could you refresh, like, what the circumstances were? So, you rescued them from a bandit attack. Okay. After you blew up uh, Daisy's airship. Oh, we don't need to talk about this anymore. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> That's probably why you don't remember Rachel spent a lot of time forgetting that that happened. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what you see going on. So then we're kind of on friendly terms with them, I would imagine. Yeah. Since we saved their lives. Mm-hmm. Well, no one's stopping you from going in. I was like, I guess you can come in there. Even though you have Satan bullets. <laughs> and I'm a scientist, and someone's and I'm undead. undead. <laughs> and we got the wall. They us. don't know that he's undead. Yeah. Is it? Uh, can Harrowed walk on hollowed ground? Are we on hollowed ground? You don't seem to be having a problem. Lazarus is uh, his ever-present chatterbox in your your head that you can't shut out. Blink, Harrow, blink. The key word in that sentence was "seem." You don't seem to have a problem. I am a gay master myself. I, I do understand the seam <laughs> word. <laughs> You're fucked. Are, are we here to play a game or pick apart my sentence structure? <laughs> He's now <laughs> trying to divert the topic away. We're critiquing your sentence structure. Uh-huh, yeah, sure. Let's play the game. Uh, yeah, like I will make my way through like the hustle and bustle going on in this tent up towards where Reverend Price is sitting. Okay. Um, yeah, probably some sixth sense, or maybe just hears like the footsteps approaching. Reverend Price looks up, sees all of you, and kind of give, gives you all a, a big, warm smile. He uh, pushes himself up to his feet, and uh, kind of he, he has like a, a little bit of a limp, and it's like, "Ah, oh, my friends! Uh, praise the Lord! You've come to, to graces with your presence. Hello, it's been a while." Good evening, Reverend. Afternoon. Is it? Yeah. What time of day is it actually? It's late afternoon. Oh, okay. So uh, afternoon, or it's at that point where it's appropriate. Either one's appropriate. Um, Reverend, do you have a moment of time? There's some things we need to ask you. Of course, of course. I always have a moment of time for for our saviors. Appreciate it. Uh, somewhere maybe a little more private than this. I don't want to spook folks. Ah, well, uh, I, I do need to, to get some fresh air. I've been working on my, my sermon for tonight for uh, a while. I could 
could take in take in the air. And uh, he uh, folds his notes up, puts them in a, a pocket, and sets his his Bible up on the pulpit, and uh, kind of gestures for for all of y'all to lead the way. Yeah. Um. Is there a pack accident to the tent? Or are we just gonna like walk all the way back through this crowded tent outside? Uh, there probably is actually. Um, does the real question is, does Reverend Price want to use it? Yeah, or is there just like, I don't know, a, a side tent that's a t- like attached somewhere where we can go? He seems to be gesturing all of you to the main uh, entrance. Oh, okay. So unless you want to try and dissuade him of that. No. S- no, it's fine. We can just walk all the way in, collect and walk all the way out. Color me suspicious. <laughs> Oh, unless you're not doing anything about it. Yeah, you do exactly that. You walk in, you uh, you talk to the reverend, and then you all walk back out, and the reverend's kind of nodding and talking to people, shaking hands, patting shoulders. Actually, I do want to see if I can notice another exit, like closer. You definitely our... noticed. Wouldn't it be faster to go out this way? Uh, roll me a persuasion there. No, that's where I'm keeping the dead bodies. I don't want you to see that. Uh, is it worth a Benny? That's my question right now. Is it worth a Benny to leave the tent? I'm just suspicious. Okay, that's fine. You can be suspicious. I'm just asking. Is I it won't worth a spend the Benny okay. right now, but don't, don't spend a Benny just so you can leave the tent. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now he's got to do that. <laughs> I mean, you can spend it. No, I won't no. stop you from spending it. I'm no, just saying. No, no I'm, I'm just. Seems faster. Okay. You you get the sense that he you know he wants the main entrance because he's like talking and schmoozing with people and and just uh, kind of paying attention to his flock. Okay. Uh, does he seem at all nervous? No. Okay. You know, like how sometimes, like if you're the murderer and someone comes up and he's like, "Hey, we have questions," and you're like eyes darting left and right. Oh, he he seems very self assured. Okay. So he's a sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know that he's the bad guy here. We're coming to him for information. Uh, yeah, you you get to the the entrance of the tent and and uh, uh, whatever his name is, Reverend Price kind of. Puts a hand on the, the the shoulder of the guard and says, "Doing a good job as always, there, uh, Jebediah. And keep up the good work. Bless you, son." And then uh, kind of turns to the wrist and is like, "Well, uh, which which way shall we walk?" Big open area over there. Yeah, <laughs> could just walk. Let's along. go left. Yeah. All right. Forgive forgive me if I must set the pace, but uh, my my leg is not so good, and I have a a bit of a limp. No worries, Reverend. Then we shan't keep you out here. Let's walk and talk. Very good, very good. Uh, we were hoping to uh, get your expertise on a certain item. Uh, Deputy uh, Rachel, could you please uh, show him what we picked up earlier? Yeah, Rachel um, pulls open the flap of her duster and reaches inside like an inside pocket and pulls out the crucifix. Okay. I imagine she has wrapped it in some sort of cloth or rag. Sure. And... Um, yeah, like, unveils it and shows it to him. Uh, I take it it's still, like, bloody and, and stuff. We probably wiped it off a I little mean, bit. 
Yeah, I think. I think there's probably some blood on it that we couldn't quite get off. Yeah. Okay, so it's a little gunky. Uh, Rachel's very deliberately not going to say anything about like where she found it or like what can you tell us about this, Reverend? Oh, is that is that blood? That's a ominous. Uh, well, it certainly looks like a crucifix and, and that of the uh, the Church of Los Angels. I uh, I am not missing any of my flock, so I must take it that. Uh, some another of the faithful was living here and I presume murdered. I was hoping you might be able to tell me. Well, as as I said, none of my none of my congregation are missing. You sure about that? I, I am. Yes, and I was wondering, do you know if there's anything unusual about the crucifix beyond it being of the Church of the Lost Angels? Uh, I've heard that there are certain sects within the church that perhaps this was from a different sect. Well, there's, uh, I wouldn't say there are sects of the Church of Los Angels. We are the one true faith, after all, uh, and we are unified in that conviction. But, uh, you know, at, uh, I know we're rather rare to see nowadays, but uh, at one point prior to the flood, when the good Reverend Grimm was uh, still, still with us, God rest his soul, uh, you know, the Los Angels was a very, very widespread religion. Did you ever have the pleasure of meeting Reverend Grimm? I did, I did. He was a great man. Truly a great man. Vision. Man of vision. Blessed. Blessed he was. Blessed by God. Sounds like a worthy experience. It it was, yes. Reverend, uh... In your time here in the valley, were you acquainted at all with Father David Smith? Father David Smith. Uh, I don't think so. I'd say the name sounds familiar, but it is rather generic. Wow. That's unfortunate. Uh, he was a bit of a religious leader, like you, merely for a yes, different religion. Yes, in Jacksonville. He, he ran the, the church there, the Catholic church. Yeah, he was Catholic like y'all. Uh, no, no, oh, Mrs. Doctor. Graves. Doctor. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Mrs. Graves. Do- Dr. <laughs> Mrs. Graves. She, she Mrs. Dr. Graves. She doesn't have a doctorate. You don't have to call her that. Here, <laughs> Dr. Mrs. Graves. Yes. <laughs> Firing a railgun doesn't make you a doctor. Yes, it does. <laughs> a doctor of pain. Yes, yes. Dr. Graves, we we are not. We are the, the children of Reverend Grimm, the followers of the Church of Lost Angels. We are We are not Catholics. Oh, I'm sorry. I, 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 I thought it was the same. <laughs> I see. So, you've not heard of anything unusual lately? Should I have? Has something happened? We found... I, I can only assume something happened. You've got a rather bloody crucifix here. We found Father Smith's body this morning. How horrible. Murdered. It appears so. Did he... Was this his, then? Was the he... The investigation is ongoing, and we can't provide any more details than that, <laughs> but... Uh, I think that perhaps, um, Reverend, that uh, you should take extra precautions in case the murderer is still loose. Of course, of course. I will speak with uh, 
Mr. Braden, he's in charge of my security here. Have you received any sort of threats, Reverend? Any suspicious folk? Oh, some noise complaints, but nothing more suspicious than that. Does the Church of Lost Angels keep records by any chance of its members? Well, since uh, the city of Lost Angels was lost to the flood uh, a few years back, it's been rather challenging to maintain any records, so I'd say no, I don't. I just simply have a, a personal relationship with each member of my congregation. And no one new in town lately? Oh, I don't keep track of that. I think Rachel's kind of just standing there, like, obviously thinking and mulling over facts. Well, uh, do any of you have any more questions for the Reverend, or shall we let him get back to his uh, flock? Oh, let's let him do his thing. I appreciate your time, Reverend. Thank you for the warning. I I, I appreciate your uh, your your ongoing vigilance. You are truly... Uh, are avenging angels keeping an eye out for us. Uh, will you will you take my blessing? Um, of course. All right. Not to be disrespectful, Reverend, but I will abstain. Uh, my my people's practices are different. Of of course, of course. I will uh, respect your your ways. Uh, but for those who will, uh, may may God watch over you and protect you and keep you in uh, his uh, memory and in the memory of our holy Reverend Grimm uh, and blah, 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 blah. I can't keep that up. <laughs> As it is in Thalos. <laughs> yes, uh, and you sleep well, Reverend. We're on the case. I, I certainly shall. I, I have... No worries with protectors such as you. Uh, you you have yourselves a good night, and I hope that uh, you know t- tonight's a, a private prayer meeting. But uh, you know, most most other nights my tent's always open. I, I hope that you will come avail yourselves of of one of our uh, of one of my sermons. That, or we might have some more questions for you in the future. Well, you know where to find me. I, I do usually sleep in on Sundays. Doesn't have to be a Sunday. I, I I preach every morning and every evening. Um, as soon as then the reverend walks away, I think I want to turn to us as a group and just be like, what do you think? I'm suspicious. Something rubs me the wrong way. That's why I didn't want to talk about the items that we found on the priest. He said tonight was a private prayer meeting. And isn't that unusual? Is that Very unusual, Ben? Or is this something that's, like, pretty normal? Um, Ben doesn't know. There are, of course, many religions in the world where only the priests, I suppose, take part in the, the proceedings, the rituals, but... Hmm. Well, what are their private rituals? I'd like to be able to maybe just see what they're talking about or hear if there was some way that we could now y'all got, on... me, got me all curious yeah if there was some way that we could listen in on that conversation it might be a little bit illuminating I agree I wonder if there is some way to secret ourselves close enough to listen 
Maybe that back exit that we saw? You look thoughtful, Mr. Uh, Haru. Uh, Any ideas? I was just thinking about how earlier this morning when we found the objects of the Lost Angels, you had mentioned that their way of worship, their their practices were got borderline, if not outright, cult-like. And then just earlier you mentioned the monster. There's a connection there. Some kind of ritual, perhaps? Clearly the monster used to be a member of the church. It's entirely possible that it was simply too far gone to recognize the symbol that it wore on its, its neck, but there are too many coincidences. A murdered priest who used to be a member of the church. A, a murderer, a, a creature that murdered him. <laughs> I'm saying murder a lot, but... It's it, it's all lining up into some sort of conspiracy to me. Well, we killed their blood creature, and now maybe they need a new one. That does seem to line up. And how does this all align with Mr. Pittman? Oh, I think he's probably innocent. But how did the blood get on him? By the creature that was coated in blood. But how did he get into a locked building? Now that is an interesting question. Perhaps it... Hmm, I have no idea. Well, this private meeting is starting up fairly soon. If you want to listen in on it, I think we should figure out what to do as fast as we can. Well, I... have some ideas. We... What else is around the large tent? Uh, a lot of open space. Um, well, actually, probably some uh, cluster of smaller tents, right? Like, they probably, you know, don't sleep yeah. in their tent. So, yeah, there's, there's like, a little tent village that's sprung up around the big tent. Would you there say, like, there's boxes and carts and stuff like that filled with supplies and things like that kind of? Yeah, they got their wagons and stuff. There's, like, three or four wagons that they came in. Any of them, any of them, fairly close to the big top. The big top. Yeah. Is there a guard at the back entrance of the tent? There's probably a guard patrolling around, but not like stationed. Um, everyone, give me two things happen as you're having this little conversation. Reverend uh, Price has walked away. Um, everyone, give me a notice roll at negative two. Oh, we roll so great on notice. I know. In this podcast. Notice me. Oh. Oh, sweet mother of God. Nice snake um, guys. At a minus two, 12. 12. Okay. All right. All right. I failed. I failed because I'm too busy seeing, noticing whatever Daisy does to snake eyes. Yeah, I snake eyes. What? Okay. Um. <laughs> I just had a thought. <laughs> Railgun goes off. <laughs> no, because I feel like that would uh, just automatically fail it for everybody. And and Haru did get a raise over here. Um, a passing bird shits in your eyes, wow. and you take a negative two for the rest of the evening. The whole evening. Wow. <laughs> wow. I'm so oh, that happened again. Daisy, that's the worst luck. 
No, 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 no. <laughs> and, and, and this is me from personal experience, Ed, because birds shit on my head a lot. <laughs> People th- say it's good luck. Like, oh, that's good luck. It's like, no, you don't fucking know. It doesn't happen to you all the time. It's actually been a while. And actually, the best good luck was like someone had like napkins right there right away. It's like, that's good luck. It's like, well, the good luck is you had these freaking napkins. <laughs> <laughs> So now, now that you've said it hasn't happened in a while, you're going to walk outside after we're done. Um, yeah, definitely a bird shits in your eyes. Um, I'll ruminate on whether that means a, a minus two penalty for the rest of the evening or not. That is so disgusting. It is, it is pretty so disgusting. It, it, it could have been worse. It could have been in the mouth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Daisy, you're, you're trying to wipe the the bird shit out of your eyes. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> um, Haru, you notice uh, someone walk up to the tent and go inside. Uh, the only reason this is interesting, because there's a lot of people coming in and out of the, uh, the prayer tent, is that uh, they were carrying a, a large box... And they didn't come out of Medford. They came in from, from like, down the road. Almost, you might think, from out of the forest. And then, at that same moment, as you're, you're noticing this, Daisy gets pooped on by a bird. Uh, uh, Joe Kelly comes walking up and says, Hello, it's been a long time. Joe? Yeah, that's my name. What are you doing here? Same thing I'm always doing, following a story. Uh, would you all come back to the, the epitaph and, and for some coffee? And I'd like to, you know, there's been a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I'd like to maybe interview you for the paper. You got a clean wash basin there? I do. Ah, let's go. <laughs> Anything in particular you're hoping to interview us on? My name is Herod, by the way. Yes, yes, I know. Um, but uh, well, let's, let's, let's get to the office and sit down, and, and, and I'll ask you some questions. I will be on my way shortly. I need to check something. Are, are, are you sure? I, I really would like to talk to all of you at once. Is it important that happens right now, Joe? Because we're kind of in the middle of something here. Yeah. 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 She nods a little too enthusiastically. Fine, lead the way. Great. Right this way. Rachel is definitely frustrated by this. You uh you get inside the Epitaph office. Uh Valerie is is probably working the printing press, getting it typeset and all that stuff. Uh Joe kinda uh shuts the door behind you and says, Okay, I think someone's going on with that church. Joe, we were over there investigating what was going on with that church. What what, what what were you investigating? We don't know because we didn't get a chance to investigate it. What do you think is going on? Well, all right. Um, look, the, anything to do with the Church of Los Angeles suspect to begin with. Uh, seeing them showing up here all of a sudden back in the spring was uh, pretty pretty suspicious to me. You know, nothing nothing good ever follows follows them them Los Angeles. Um, but. Uh, you know they've been doing their their prayer meetings and stuff, and they a couple of people, a couple of local people, have joined their flock, and uh, well, they have these private prayer meetings for for conversion, and then uh, them them as why is she talking like that? 
those that convert just ain't the same after uh, afterwards. Uh, it's like a complete personality change. Uh, they they don't seem to recognize friends and family when they come out in public, and it's it's real rare when they even do. Most of the time, uh, the ones going out to get food are just the the folk that came with this this Reverend Price. But that's just what religion does to you. I, I, I certainly won't disagree with that, uh, Mrs. Graves. Uh, congratulations, by the way. Important question, uh, Ms. Kelly. Do you have any sort of recording equipment? Sound recording equipment? Uh, unfortunately, no. Uh, the Epitaph didn't send uh, anything quite so fancy as that out, out here. I, I keep asking Valerie to put in a requisition, but she won't. Valerie, without even, like, looking up or breaking uh, in what she's doing, just like, because it's, it's not warranted. <laughs> then, never mind. Uh, do you remember one of these uh, people who went through the private sermon? Could you give us a name? I give you a list of names. I don't know as that will help. And she does. She pulls out a piece of paper and it's got a bunch of people, a bunch of local people's names on it. About 14 total. We were about to investigate one of these private sermons. Well, great. Uh, how are you planning to, to investigate? I, I could maybe uh, dress up and, and pose as, as one of the... And Valerie cuts and is like, don't even fucking think about it, Joe. I was actually thinking along those same lines of thought. Maybe one of us could pretend to want to convert to get inside to this. Here's an important question, perhaps an avenue for us. These people who have been converted and invited to a private sermon, are they invited back, or is it a one-time thing? Oh, it seems like they, they join them. They're, they're living there. I see. So... Perhaps then the key is to find one of these initiated and replace them. Well, uh, good luck with that. I've been trying to talk to them. Uh, those those red cloaks ain't too far away anytime one of them is seen out in public. Red cloaks being the guardians of the church? Yeah. Now, that's a suspicious on its own, isn't it? Having so much firepower behind a religious institution. I don't think it would be that weird to have some guards. They don't have an army. They have like six dudes. Um, with shotguns. With shotguns. The swords are a little weird, but it's not super, super weird. I mean, it is dangerous to travel. There are bandits. There, You, you, you all know there are monsters. Okay. Um, so I, I think if they had shown up with like... A whole regiment of guards. It would have that. That'd be weird. But having like six six guys to ride shotgun on the wagons is not that weird. Okay, I'll let it go then. What if we could get into that conversion ceremony somehow? How how would you uh, how would you uh, manage that? We're all pretty well known here in town. Allow me to handle the details on that. I have some ideas. If I can just get close enough to listen and understand what's happening, I can even just relay it back to you. How are you gonna relay it back? Cops on the end of a string? Carrier pigeon. Can it? What? Everyone keeps talk, talking about carrier pigeons. That ain't even a fucking thing no more. They're extinct. Do we, Joe? 
Do you know yeah. how uh, people who wish to convert are invited in? Yeah, uh, it's quite possible. I, I don't think uh, I don't think the good reverend uh, turns anyone away. Okay, Miss Kelly, you've you've given us um, much useful information to uh, look over in our investigation. Is there anything else you would like to add? Well, if you need any help, just let me know. I, I'm uh, perfectly happy to no, even think about doing it, Joe, says Valerie. Miss Kelly, we need you to stay and report our findings. <sighs> Joe? All right. Joe, I know you. I know when you got your nose on a story, there ain't nothing you won't do. You gotta promise me, Joe, that you will not pursue this also, if, if that uh, nice request is not enough for you, um, interrupting an invest- ongoing investigation is a crime by U.S. law. Rachel's going like, no, don't. <laughs> that's not going to. That's just encouraging her. It's not the first time I've been on the wrong side of the U.S. law in that regard, uh, Mr. Well, Graves. It might be the first time you're on the wrong side of the prison bars. She she glances over at Valerie, who has stopped what she's doing and is giving Joe a death glare. And just kind of sizes. All right, I'll stay here, and you—you you gotta come back here and tell me what you see and what happens. This is my story, so. Okay, so from a meta gaming standpoint, what is our plan? Because now I'm really confused. Um. Okay. Like, Go ahead. It, it sounds like you're gonna try to be converted. Haru's gonna sneak around to like the back side of the tent so he can at least get to you as fast as possible because I actually do have a stealth score <laughs> I have no stealth and I have no persuasion but we so. all have a d4 I don't want to like run roughshod over this plan but Herod's plan is to find one of the people who has been converted via this private okay. prayer and replace them because he is a master of disguise Ooh, that seems less like I'm going to get killed or brainwashed you just have to find one. How many hours till the ceremony? You only have a couple. Okay. Man of a thousand faces is, is the name of the edge. Okay. How Okay. How are you going to go about that? We have a list of names. Um, do any of us recognize the names? Do, do Does like Rachel or Haru or Daisy know where these people might be? Uh, go ahead and give me common knowledge rolls. Fuck. I should invest in my skills a little bit yeah. more. That's when I, I have all kinds of knowledges, but common knowledge. Oh, nice. Seven. Five. That's a nine. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. Instead of one of the people that's been converted, you also have the list of people that are to be converted tonight. Uh, one of whom is... Jessup Wooldridge is, is one of them. He is uh what's his profession i think he's a miner just a local miner yeah that makes sense yeah uh he probably probably uh has a, a claim somewhere up in the mountains and maybe maybe he's not a very good miner and he spends a lot of time in medford complaining about how he's not a very good miner i feel yeah. like he finds just enough to like keep his alcoholism going but no more yeah <laughs> But now we have a lot of alcoholics in this town. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> it is the Wild West. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, modern when you're bored. Is... So, 
Uh, it kind of makes sense that this guy who's constantly down on his luck might uh, find God uh, maybe as a way to change his fortunes in life or something like that. Um, Ooh, yeah, it's like, oh, maybe when I find God, I'll find gold, too. Exactly, yeah. It's only one letter different. Uh, so, yeah, you know where you can find him. Uh, uh, what are you doing from there? Let's go pay uh, Mr. Woolridge a visit. Perhaps play some cards. Deadlands and Savage Worlds are the property of Pinnacle Entertainment Group. All content is used unofficially under the Savage Media Network license. Find more of their great products at peginc.com. Sound effects are by Plate Mail Games and Battle Bards. Music by the Eaglestone Collective. You can find links to all of the above in the show description. As always, thank you for joining us for this episode. Please consider leaving a five-star review on iTunes or wherever else you listen, and don't hesitate to contact us via rvrpodcast at gmail.com, at rvrpodcast on Twitter, or join us on our Discord server. We'd love to hear from y'all. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time.